This is The Rabbit Hole with Gary Lyon and Tim Watson for Tyre Power. Big footy final sale now on. Get into your local independently owned Tyre Power today. Oh, hello everyone. Welcome to The Rabbit Hole, episode 31. I thought we were only doing 30. Twitter, you can find us at Rabbit Hole SEN. Well, it's called X now, I think. We're here for Tyre Power Big Footy Finals sale into the Vegas competition by four Toyo Open Country Tyres. It's grand final week. Where else would you want to be? I wish I had a big long chat with the Wisp, but now I'm with him again, Tim Watson. Uh, good morning, Gary. Uh, well, good day, Gary. May not be good morning. Could be any time of the day, could really. Be good night. It could be. It could be good night. Uh, you're in my top five now. You've entered the top five for the first time in a long time. Top five what? Friends. Buddies. I've been in the top five for longer than that. You were six. Who? You were six. You yeah. couldn't. You couldn't. Right. Let I me couldn't write these down. I couldn't find a spot. I know for who you. your number one in is in the top five. Cookaburra. Let's not worry about who the others Two, are. John okay? from Epping. You should just be comfortable and happy in the knowledge that you're in the Three top five. Is Vanda. You've hit the top five for the first time. I've hit ever. the top five. You must want something. You want me to look after your dog because you're going yep. away. Yep. Friday week, you're going away overseas. And this is grand final week, by the mm. way. So we'll have our memories of the grand finals. Uh, we've got three premierships between us. Yep. Um, so we can reflect on them with great joy. How many did we play in between us? We played in six. Six. Mm. Did you lose two? Did you? Mm-hmm. Mm, that's bad luck. Six grand finals. So we are um, <laughs> we are qualified to we talk are. about this week. You know, no doubt about it. But I'm qualified to ask you about your big trip overseas because. Um, what do you want to know? Well, there'd be a lot of people listening who may never have had the option or opportunity to travel to Europe mm. and do a pretty, uh, <laughs> pretty exy sort of a setup. <laughs> You're not doing it on the old budget. Um, oh, yes, we are. Yeah, we are. National Lampoon style. <laughs> no, we are. We are. I need to ask you a couple of questions too, because you have travelled overseas. Not to Europe. Uh, I have travelled to Europe, but not yeah. extensively. Well, you got my to... partner travels there at the drop of a hat. Well, unfortunately, you got to Italy and found that it was closed. They'd closed Rome down and you couldn't even drive in no, to the city. No, it wasn't closed. The, oh. the traffic was bad, and I didn't want to go in there in the traffic. Did you have a traffic app all those years ago, did you? No. I so could, how did you know the traffic I was bad? look on the road. <laughs> and there's a massive... Did you, get, did you park on the freeway outside of Rome and get the noculars out and have a look at the traffic conditions a, in town? There was a traffic snarl <laughs> on the way into Rome. And I said, well, that I can see it from here. I don't need to go in there. My great fear is... This, okay, we have hired a car. I've got three great fears, right, mm. about this trip. One is we're hiring a car and driving on the opposite side of the road because the last time I did it, I had our daughter, our youngest daughter, travelling with us, and mm. she was great because she sat in the drive, in the passenger seat and she had her phone and she was able to give directions very and it, clear oh, and concise. Modern. And she knows her left hand from her right hand, Be careful, which here. is a little bit different Be from careful. her mum, who can often get confused between her right hand and her left hand. But Grace gave me a great tip, and that was she said, Dad, as long as I'm always facing or as long as I'm always on the side of the curb, being in the passenger side, you are always on the right side of the road. You got me? Uh, yes, because the steering wheel. I, I thought you'd made a bad mistake there. <laughs> no. But the steering wheel's on the other side. The steering wheel's on the other side. So, so your, passenger your passenger always needs to be on the curb. Yes, yeah. that's right. That's good so advice. It was great advice. Mm-hmm. And we didn't have a problem after that. Right. Because the first hour before she hopped into the passenger side, because the other person who did occupy that seat was kicked out at one stage to the back seat. 
and we could still hear her in the back <laughs> giving directions Well, that other person, is, there's only two of you this time. <laughs> and my other problem is, okay, so that's number one. Fab, I'm think, worried about that and the navigation. Get, I, I think you'll get that under control Quick, okay. quickly. Quick, because what I, sort of car have you got? Um, it is a, what is it? It's a Peugeot? Uh, yes, yeah, 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 Peugeot. Peugeot, Peugeot. yeah, yeah, 3008 or And you're going on the 007. autobahn? No, the, there's no autobahn. In Italy? No, there's not an autobahn in Italy, I don't it's only think. only in Germany. Only in Germany, the autobahn. Yeah, that's mm. German. I'm still on 200 down somewhere. Tell no, we're taking, we're, we're, taking, um, we're taking train. No, oh. we're, only doing, we're only doing the road trip in su- southern France. In oh, the, and the rest you go yeah, by rail. Yeah, Provence, yeah. So the other problem is, not mm. problem, but I need your advice. Yes. The phone, what do I do? Do I put that to international Rome or do yeah. I just operate on WhatsApp or? You put it on international Rome. Mm-hmm. And then you what? Let me have a look. I've got to remember what I did. Okay. Let me have. I'll have a look at because my phone. if you because you you'll want to be calling me every five minutes and making <laughs> sure everything's yeah. okay. Yeah, so do I actually have to? If I hit if I hit accept call, yeah. do I pay for that call or do you pay for that call? It, I think you put your mobile data roaming off. Right. See where it says mobile data options. Yep. I think you put roaming off. Right. Otherwise, you could get yourself into a bit of trouble. And then you use Wi-Fi wherever possible. And okay. then you can ring me on WhatsApp. On WhatsApp. Okay. Yeah. All right. Okay. Got that covered. I think that would be the way. And my, my only other problem then, mm. the only other thing that I'm worried about then is my credit card. Right. What should I do? Load it up. So load it up with money in it yeah. before we go. Yeah. So you just access the money. That's the way I'd do it. I right. think you can get a – you can – but yeah, I don't, I don't know, mate. It's not my area of expertise. Maybe next week we could have some recommendations from people that listen. You could, you can get a money card or whatever they're called, right? Like a special card, and they get you can get them. You don't have to wait for them. I think you can get them on the spot, right? And then just chuck all your money onto it. Okay, because but, all that sort of stuff can be a real problem when you get home if you have. Make sure you got sheetage though. Always have got sheetage. Some, got some sheetage already. Euros already. What denominations? Uh, fives and tens. Yes. So, mm, yeah, make sure you got long. You know, lots of lower denominations. Right. And just, because I know what you're like. You like to flash the cash, and if you just pull out a big mm. wad of hundred euros, mm. then you're going to be a target. Are you still okay to lend me your man bag? Yes, you can have that. Because I know. Last time you took it and you enjoyed it. Well, I didn't use it. Susie did. <laughs> I don't care who uses it. It's sort of like a, a, it's a, sat, it's a, a an overuse, satchel. yeah. And you said, which is good advice, because there's a lot of uh, tea leaves and things like that overseas. And you said to strap it so that it's actually sitting on your tummy. Well, not like a but no, no. I hope you didn't do it like that. Not like a bum bag. You, you wear it across your chest, like right, crosswise. Yes, yes. yes. Yeah. And what do you and then carry? Everything's there in front of you. I haven't right travelled for a while. Do you do you always travel with your passport in that? No, nah, Nikki, I, I don't. I don't look. look I, I'd only look after the money. Right. Everything. So where do you leave your passport? With Nikki. Yeah, what if Nikki gets well, well, taken hostage or something? Well, never mind. You won't be able to get <laughs> well, home. Well, I've got the cash. I can, I'll be able to pay the, pay the bounty. <laughs> hey, can you help me with this too? Because this is in real time, right? We're doing our program. You called the tiny program. It's called Talking Finals. I've got uh, Koch and Cells and- uh, I don't think anyone calls him Cells. Do Koch, you call him Cells? Koch calls him Cells. Mm. That's why I call him Sells. I don't think he's Joel Selwood. It's Paddy Dangerfield, look. Yeah, I can see him there. Our producer's uh, doing two shows at once. He's doing the fishing show with Paddy. 
wonder if he needs me to jump on and give him some advice. He's an Ambi uh, podcaster. That's what he is. He is uh, this has come through from the wardrobe uh, oh, person. Yeah. Well, you've made a mess of that. Lexi. Okay, so morning, Tim. Just picking up a navy in the rod and gun blazer for you and a polo T-shirt. Would you wear a pale pink polo T-shirt underneath? Mm, rod and gun. I like rod and gun. I'm not sure if you can pull it off. No, I had it on last week. I know, and, they, and, and, a and very... we called you Elmer Fudd. No, 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 no. Yes, that wasn't, you gave that me wasn't rod... That wasn't the rod and gun. Oh, wasn't it? No. What was that? Last week I had the Camley sort of rod and gun, unstructured blazer, mm-hmm. which apparently looked unbelievable <laughs> I don't think so. on the wisp. That was the feedback I, I got. I didn't get any of that. I got that feedback, I okay? Did. I did. So I've got to respond. Do I go with a pale pink polo underneath? What colour jacket? Under the navy rod and gun. Mm-hmm. I think that would look okay. Or a white, maybe. I wore white last week. Um, yeah, okay. Yeah, I think you could pull that I go off. pink or... Pink. White. Pink. Or maybe a pale blue. Or pale blue. There you go. Or maybe a lavender. <laughs> <laughs> no, it's too late. I'm first. Right on. What's your other problem on your trip? Um, I think that's just about... Food? Mm, well, we're going to eat, yes. You got that under control? Um, yeah, got that under control. We shouldn't have trouble finding nice places to eat over there somewhere. When you go overseas, like when we used to go overseas on footy trips, right, mm. did you have a person in your group that we used to call him the converter? Mm, no, I need more information. So particularly when we were in the States, mm. you go, um, you know, six beers, mm. and they come back and it was 34 bucks, and you go, the yeah, you know, whatever, 34 bucks, and then the converter straight away go, that's 53 Australian. <laughs> that was Paul's Grinta. He was, he? he was the converter. It, it, you, do have to keep, you do have to keep track of stuff yeah. like that when you're going you go, and spending well, an English pound or a, a euro. Yeah. You like this shirt, uh, uh, Bulls? Yeah. How much is it? Um, 67 bucks. That's 100 Australian. <laughs> <laughs> You've the converting for the whole trip. You need a calculator. What about the blokes that used to buy stuff in the at the duty free yep. before they left the country, and then drink it before they landed <laughs> on the other side of the world? Uh, now, just the other bit of homework that we need to attend to before we go any further. Well, right? we and I'm sh- we've got it's grand final week. It's I know, I know. I'll get week. to it. I'll get to it. Well, I get, I, people I'm, like this conversation because it lets them in to our lives in a way that we don't normally allow people to enter our lives. Travis Fimmel. Now, for those people who don't know, who's Trav? Ragnarok. Yeah, an actor, an Australian actor. Of Vikings. Yeah. And I think, you know what, I think in time he'll be recognised alongside Brando and De Niro and Al Pacino. I think he's that good. Grew up in Echuca. Yeah. Got his big break as a model. Yeah. Doesn't really want to talk about that, but he was the Kelvin Klein model up in New York, uh, Times Square, massive... 20-time life-side billboards of him. It was massive. And, 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 he, and he's big in America. Like, he's well-known in America. Huge. Well-known in America. He's been out here to Australia. He comes home. And you and I have met him, and you'd have to say he's the most understated, normal, yep. natural, unaffected person that you could ever meet. Well, he, he's a genuine, grew up just outside of a Chuka country boy. That's and what af- he is. And after we met him, you looked at me, I looked at you, and we both said almost at the same time, gee, I'd love to have him as a mate. Well, wow. lo and behold, well, I've known we didn't push you. we didn't push the friendship in any way, right? <laughs> but we both got a group text last night from uh, Trav 
saying thank you guys for all the promotion you've been doing for our beer company, which is Traveller, that he and another guy that we know really well and a good mate of mine, Xavier Campbell, are, and George is involved as well, George Samuels, our wine man's also involved in that beer company. Mm. Traveller, T-R-A-V-L-A. That's right. And I didn't realise, I wear the cap because I just just like wearing the cap, I wear it all the time, but I didn't realise because... Our program, our breakfast program, is accessed by millions and millions of people around millions. the world. I didn't realise that uh, we were actually leading the charge in terms of the promotion Worldwide of his beer. exposure. I didn't realise that we'd done that. Uh, mm. We didn't do it deliberately. We didn't do it because we we're being paid. But anyway, out of the blue, you and I both got a text message from him last night. Yes. You know what I noticed? You responded in world record time. You don't normally respond to text messages very quickly at all. That is but true. before I could before I could a, even read You're not the, a Hollywood movie star. Before I could even read his text message come through, you had already responded with a zinger. And didn't even mention my name. You didn't mention- But you were on the thing. Yeah, I know, but I'm the one that's been wearing the cap. And you didn't say, look, I haven't really been doing much, Trav. It's Paul been- dust. It's been whisp- You it's don't been doing even all- drink his beer. It's been I whisp- drink the beer, at it's least. It's been wisp that's doing all the-, all the pro- Now, I need to know from you. Let me have a look at this. I don't want to- I don't want to dag him <laughs> in any way, but I would like to be one of his besties- how often can I? How often can I? How often can I text well, him? Now that I've got his private text number, and you have good to. Point, because you have What's been, going over the top? You have been known to stalk <laughs> some of our international I'm, celebrity guests. Only a couple of them. No, everyone. Only a couple of them. So for those that don't know, we do a breakfast radio show, and we do you know semi-regular interviews with. Yeah, as many of the bigger Big stars. international stars as we can get a hold of. Mm. And then- Rich, so, Rich Roll won't get back to me anymore. And so we, we do the interview, mm. talk about record time, and I'll wind it up because that's my job. Thanks, um, Drew Bledslow, who's a magnificent quarterback, one of the best of all time. Yep. Drew, been great. I appreciate it. Um, you know, we, we love the sport. Good luck. Thanks for being a part of our show. See you later. Yep. Yep. Yeah, yeah, boys. Thanks a lot. Bye. We go that break. How good was Drew Bledsoe? And I look over, and there you are, texting, thanking him for the interview. <laughs> I haven't even said goodbye. <laughs> That's the polite thing to do. I haven't even wound up the interview, and you're saying, "Ah, oh, uh, Drewy, uh, that's the wisp here." Uh, thanks for being a part of our show. If I'm over in the states, I'll give you a call. You should That's have seen embarrassing how, when you do. You that. should have seen how much wine he sent me too. We're good mates, uh, Drew's. Uh, who else have you dagged? Uh, Ernie. Ernie who? Ernie Johnson. Ernie Johnson, your dad. He's on TNT with uh, uh, Chuck. Chuck and Chuck. Chuck and Chuck. Uh, Who else? Who could become good mates of ours as well. If they got back to us. Um, Kirtley Ambrose. Kirtley Ambrose, your dad. He and I are still texting. It's embarrassing. And then I go, I get caught up with it as well. Well, I don't want to burn. And then someone texts me and says, listen, (laughs) it's uh, Drew Bledlow's PR manager here. Um, You couldn't get that bloke uh, Wisp to stop texting Drew, could you? It's getting a bit embarrassing. Michael Gervais. Oh, Michael Gervais. You've run him off. He won't take our calls anymore either. Lombardi still always, oh, always responds. Well, he's, always well, he's responds. one of these, our friend. So yeah. with Trav, when should how many days should I wait before I text him again? Because we had a little bit of a banter going last night. What? I didn't overstep the mark. How many days do I need? He says, <laughs> Trav was here. Got, uh, yep. and he, he, he put in a bit of a joke. Then the whiz says. You better, not, <laughs> you better not go with that little joke. No, better not. No. But yours wasn't that funny. I thought mine, it wasn't meant to be. What was, was yours? What was your first response? I said, great. Thanks. Uh, great to hear. Hope, happy to do our bit. Hope the beer's flying. 
off right. the shelf. Right. And then about the masseuse I went with, that little zinger about that. Right, because he said, his funny zinger was, <laughs> I got I got your phone number. <laughs> Don't give the whole message. I you. got your phone number from <laughs> a Thai masseuse. <laughs> So that was the beginning of the joke, which we kept going with. Oh, you went Did too I far. go too far? Too far. Okay. Because oh, I thought it I'd, got awkward. I there. thought I'd joined in the zingers. Anyway, you're saying now that I went too far. You know what we'll do. All right. He might be our first international podcast. So when rabbit I, hole guest. Yes. So when I said that if you don't stop sending cringe. So me. when I said that I've got a special masseuse here <laughs> in Melbourne at the South Melbourne Market. Yes. And I asked for the Ragnar special. Do you think that I went too far? <laughs> well, he he thought so because he didn't send one back. It, it abruptly stopped. But anyway, that's us uh, being a little bit excited that. Um, that Travis... He's a ripper bloke, he's though, a isn't he? And the beer's good, too. The beer is excellent. The beer is excellent. You're anyway, and we don't, get, we don't get paid. I'm not an ambassador. I don't get paid. Jackie Felgate. Just helping out a couple of mates. You know very well that you've got to declare any interest that you've got, and we have no interest. When you've got 15 like she has, though, it's easy to forget two or three, isn't it? Well, for those out there aren't aware what we're talking about, Jackie Felgate is a former Channel 7 colleague at Tim's who's left the newsroom and gone into radio, but she's also an influencer, I guess you call it, who's mm. got 15 paid relationships with various organisations. And now when you go into radio, part of your duty as an on-air broadcaster, which we have to do, is to declare any interest whereby you are receiving X amount of dollars. Yeah, if you've got them. Yeah. If you've got them. We don't have them. Well, you got a couple, so you put them up. Yeah, I've got a relationship with them, got a relationship with them. Have you? I can't tell you, Tim. And then... Hey, Brooke, has he got... Has <laughs> he written anything in the book? So Jack, You haven't got a side hustle going that you haven't included me in, have you? I want to work out which sponsor have we got here. <laughs> Kubota might be of interest to me. Um, anyway. Anyway. 13 mm. of uh, those which Jackie had to declare, and now that's become an issue. So that's yeah, why we're all on hyper alert. It's a bit of the John Laws, Ellen Jones, you know, cash for comments. That's where it all started. An oversight because she's got 15. Oh, I said 13. Yeah. Yeah. No, she said, she's, she said 13, <laughs> and then she's gone, oh, whoops. Yeah, and I do you should have, have to declare that, too. because if you're going to be talking about stuff in that no. in a manner, we want to know whether you're getting, if whether you're on the hook. Yeah, and uh, that's the difference with you and I. And we're we always, on the hook for anything. Well, we're not on the hook for anything. We're but happy if, to take anything. But we declare everything. Like, we go to Isa, Ian... At, at Tire Power, who's a great sponsor of well, well, all of us. Not the not that was my my contact that you've muscled in on. Um, do you know what you did muscle in on him? Yes, but having I said, muscled in on your seafood. <laughs> yes, now I can't get a Christmas deal because <laughs> you got the, a, you, you're not supposed to. You're not supposed to include your whole family. That's it. So Joe thing. goes there. Um, yeah. Pants goes there. Your mum goes there. Say Tracy, otherwise you'll get Tracy there. goes there. <laughs> Nikki's family goes there. No, we don't. I get there. I haven't been. And there my old me. mate says, "Oh, sorry, I got nothing left." <laughs> I haven't been there for a long time. But that is an interesting one, isn't it? Mm. Because we've all got mates. Oh, have you got mates who've got contacts in every every field, every, every every facet field. of life? Mm. Yeah. Who's your best one at that? Mm. Brayshaw's always got someone. James has got, always got someone. Well, the best I've ever seen is probably the bloke that you have worked alongside for a long time. BT is probably. Brian. Yeah, I think Brian. Great call. Yeah. No, he's always got, got someone. Yeah, his shed is just full of stuff. Well, it's good to know. Stuff that he doesn't even need. And you stuff don't that he doesn't even use. Looking for someone for any free product. You no. go 
I go to someone and say, can you, do you know anyone in this field so I at least know that they are good at what they do yep. or they're trusted or they provide good service or whatever else? Or, no, I was taught by Brian, my neighbour in Mooney Ponds, who was you probably- You've got a lot of Brian's in your life. He was probably the, the, the not, I was going to say shifty. He wasn't shifty. He was sharp and very, shifty. very, very, very- Careful with his money and smart about the way. And he always said to me, he said, listen, if I can give you a word of advice, young fella, everybody has a best price. And I've never forgotten that. And I said, what do you mean? He said, well, if I go into a shop to buy something Mm. and I say to somebody, what's your best price? And they'll say, what do you mean? And I'll say, well, look, I've got this pocket of cash. I can pay you cash or I can pull out one of my credit cards and I can pay you with my credit card. And they'll say, what do you mean? He said, well, if I pay you cash, right, you get all of the cash, if I use my credit card, you lose a percentage because that has to go to the bank because they facilitate the transaction. He said, everybody has got a best price. He said, use that in life and you'll go a long way. No matter where you go, no matter what you shop for, no matter what you buy, ask for the best price. Do you do that? No. (laughs) (laughs) I'm too embarrassed to do that. I know. I don't do that either. I I can't barter. Although, i tell you what I do do. I take it back. I don't do that for myself, but right? but I'll do it for my kids. If no, if, snap. I was going into snap. I do that. I went in with my with one of my sons the other day to look at a property, like a, uh, his first property. Right. I bartered harder for him than I'd ever done in my life for a rental. No, to buy. Oh, to buy. Okay. Yeah, and it was a, a an apartment block, and there was a couple there. Like there was two or three that the lady's trying to sell. So I went into full bargaining mode. Right. And got a very good deal. Did you lowball them? Well, no, I was, I was um, not, aggressive's not the right, mm. right term, but it was because it wasn't mine. I didn't really care. Yeah, so yeah. I was, I could walk away. Yeah, so yeah, and this, I would do that. I would, I would do and put myself in a position as you would too, and probably everybody listening to this would do the same for their children. Things they'd do for their children, but they wouldn't do for themselves. Correct, correct. And then they look at you like you're an idiot. And they get embarrassed, and you yeah. walk, and you get in the car, and they go, "Dad!" But they're happy go, to take, hey, hey, hey. yeah, they're happy to take the benefit. Saved you a couple of sheets. <laughs> <laughs> so, did you? How'd you go? Talking about sheets and things at this time of the year, finals tickets. How'd you go with your finals tickets? I'm oh, not in. The, I don't play in that space. I but did some, you get? Did you get grand final tickets? I'm going to the grand final. And you're going to go? Yeah, okay. With, so you're not going to pass them on to somebody who's no, a no, passionate no, fan? No, 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 no. Nicky you're just going to go as a movie well, theater goer and use them yourself? Yeah, I didn't. I don't get it. I, I get one ticket. I only get one. I know you get two because you're twice as important as me. But like you, I forgot to register for it. Uh, so I didn't get my ticket. You, so you're not going? Or you got tickets no, from I've somewhere got else? No, I got tickets from somewhere else. Okay. Yeah. All right. Because I know you and I have had this discussion, I think once or twice before, about the fact that we I'm both- I'm paying for my tickets. We, yeah, right. but we both like the idea that people who are definitely f- uh, passionate- Supporters yeah. of either team yeah. get the opportunity to go. Mm. So my tickets, I've passed them on to. Um, did you get your tickets in the end? Yeah, I did in the end. I well, got you're a, whinging about it yesterday. Yes, I was, and I think they heard me because <laughs> I got tickets. I got a notification yesterday from the AFL because I'm a life member right. that I have two tickets. You do, and I'll pass them on to. I'll pass them. Nice. On, I'm going to pass them on to uh, Carl, who you know, who's my son-in-law, married right. to Billy, my daughter. Yep. But what about this? He's going to pass one on to his dad, right, who couldn't get a ticket. Well, he's right? getting your ticket to give to his dad. As well, yeah. I said that to him. I said, look, I want this ticket to go to yes. somebody you know yep. who is a passionate, passionate Collingwood fan, right? So he said that 
he, his dad is going to take the ticket, right? And his grandfather also barracked for Collingwood, right? And he sent a text message from his from his dad. He said, "Granddad still, if the, granddad was still breathing, he would have seen the Pies lose eighteen grand finals. I have seen two losses, two draws, and two wins." And he said, and people can't work out why Pies supporters have issues. <laughs> what about that? If his da- if his granddad was still alive, this is Carl's grandfather, he will have he would have seen eighteen grand finals, losing losses. Yeah, it is a it's a heartbreaking time of the year because we've discussed this and it's well known that the the prelims are for the supporters and mm. the grand finals for the corporates, mm. whatever, you know, and there are 17,000 for club members. I'd, you and I don't talk about it much because it's too hard and it's complicating, but it's heartbreaking for those fans that can't go and watch their team play in the grand final. Yeah. It's their li- yeah. It, it, it is their life, you know, and I'm, I'm always astounded by the investment that people have and the emotional attachment they have to their teams. But can you imagine what our society would be? Can you imagine what Melbourne might be? If people didn't have football in their lives, if they didn't have that thing in their lives, yep. no, how I different don't. our society would be. I know, and it's an it's an outlet for them, given yeah the challenges that we yeah not so much us but others are confronted with, and that is their outlet on the weekend. They go bang, I'm going to say and watch my footy team, and yep. now their footy team's in the ultimate, and they can't go, and it's heartbreaking. And one this is one of my favourite stories. I had a you know grand final tickets. This was about oh, I would say ten or fifteen years ago. I must have had four grand final tickets and three I'd sold. And I went to the pre-game, lunch, whatever, dinner, and I'm, I've got this one ticket left, right? It was a massive one, the big grand finals. And I'm thinking, what am I going to do with this ticket? I didn't want to sell it. I didn't want to go and try and sell it because that's not the right thing to do. And I'm walking across to the MCG going, you know, I'm thinking, who can I ring or whatever? And anyway, there was a bloke who just looked like he's – dog had been run over. Mm. He's just, and I don't know why, I said, this is just before the gate, I said, what's up, mate? He goes, oh, you're not going to you know, believe this, I've, I've come from wherever, you know, I love the team. This bloke you know, said, I'm selling the grand final ticket, so I gave him 700 bucks, got the ticket, he got the cash, he took off. I went up to the you know, the gate, put the ticket, and the bloke said, no, mate, that ticket's already been oh, scanned. No. So obviously the guy had gone in, come out with his pass out, Mm. and then had the actual ticket, and this guy was gone. It's 700 bucks. Mm. And the greatest joy of my life, well, not of my life, but one of the great joys was being able to go, here. Oh, that's a- Just happened to have one That's a great story. But I mean- it, I know, I know. It reflects beautifully on me. No, but it makes you feel good. No, though, but too. Yeah. I'm thinking, what am I going to do with this? It has to go to. I didn't yeah. want, you know, I didn't want the money, whatever. But there it was. Maybe the maybe he wasn't an isolated incident, mm. but he was just the right time at the right spot. And he's looking at me, going, "What?" Yeah. I said, "I just happened to have this, yeah. and you and I, fate has put us together. Go for your life." That's the person that should be in there. Roaring well, their lungs out. Well, I walked off. I think he sold it for three grand. <laughs> <laughs> no, he, he, he was. He cried and he was uh, emotional and all that sort of stuff. So. That's great. Because uh, a mate of mine was talk, we were talking about this yesterday, and he was saying how you know, he went to a grand final and he was a passionate supporter of one of the teams. So this is a grand final, and he's in a privileged position. This person, so he got his ticket, but he's a passionate fan too, right? Mm-hmm. But he said he had to tell the people at one point behind him to shut the hell up because they weren't one bit interested 
in the game. Yes. And then they happened to say, oh, look, you know, we just flew down uh, from Sydney. We've never seen a game of AFL football before. Don't you know, what's going on out like? And you think – People crying here. Why are those people – why are those people there? I know. How come know. they've been able to get access to a or, ticket? Or, or you go, you know, the hottest ticket in town, grand finals on – you're looking up and there's all these seats sitting there and you go, where are those people? Yeah. And they're still in the bar. They haven't come back from lunch. lunch. Yeah, or afternoon tea yeah. or whatever it is. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, just talking to their neighbour. Yeah. And the game's in the you know, the crunch time halfway through the third quarter and they're having a scone. That makes you feel That's putrid. life, isn't it? That is. But that it is. is. And what about when you're playing? Like, I, we joked off the top. We played in one. In 1988, can't even remember. We got smashed. Um, but I do know that the ticket process was all a bit – I had educated my family to the point where, look, here, I'll do whatever you want, but don't bother me. You know, here's the bloke, here's the money, here's it. Well, you go and sort yourselves out because yep. I didn't want to know about it. I'd imagine that's a process that all those players would have dealt with. I mean, was that an issue for you when you were playing? Um, it wasn't really because we only got a couple of – like you didn't get access to a lot of tickets. No. Uh, there was a few. So we played in three grand finals in a row, like 83, 84, mm. 85. Um, and then – it's a funny thing, you know, like by the time you get to the third year and you're in the grand final again, you just have an expectation mm. that you're going to keep on doing it and doing it and doing it and doing it. You know, and even, um, you know, Sells, Joel Selwood, who I do a program with. No one calls him Sells. <laughs> yeah. uh, no one calls him Koch calls him Sells. No, it makes me cringe when I hear you say Sells. <laughs> I'm calling him Sells on here tonight Jeez. just because I know you're sitting back watching and you're cringing. <laughs> I might not be watching. Anyway, Sells, like he, I think it was his first year that he won a flag, was it? It might have yeah, been. Yeah, his first year. Yeah. And he, yeah, you just have, okay, well, I've rolled. Up, I'm playing AFL football. I'm playing a flag, but mm. you not to know that that's not going to be the last one that you ever play in. Even if you end up playing another 17 years of AFL football, which of those 83, 84, 85, you won 84 and 85. Yep, um, back to backers. So the 84, eight, just go through 83. Hawthorne got you by what? 83 points, I think. Right, so you're never in Got contention. smashed, got smashed, absolutely So smashed. then 84 is when you were trailing at three-quarter time? We were trailing at three-quarter time. And, and the big switch came on. Weston goes forward. Leon Baker, is that the one? Yeah, Leon Baker went forward. Uh, Weston did two. I think he said he shifted himself. Sheeds claimed <laughs> it. He said he made a master move. And then uh, Wealth, uh, Paul Weston, maintains that he shifted himself. And um, so you won that. That was by, our first. Uh, the, that was a come from behinder. Right? That was a come from behinder from three quarter time. But so that was Essen's first flag for a, a lot, a lot of years. Massive. So that was a massive celebration. And how did you go? Because it's great to win one, but did you you perform admirably? And, uh, and now let's, yeah. let's reintroduce. Very even. Let's reintroduce our great segment. All modesty aside. Yeah, all modesty aside, I kicked the two winning goals <laughs> in the last quarter. All modesty aside. Yeah, did you're you? quite right to seal the game. You did. Yeah. yeah. Well. Go back and have a look at no. that. <laughs> what, you don't believe me? No, I do. I thought it was Leon Baker that drove him, but you drove him to victory. Well, he, he sort of did some preliminary work. <laughs> and then you finished it and off. And then I just finished it off, What yeah. did you win by? We won by, oh, we went away with a leg in the air. Um, I can't remember exactly. But were you behind at three-quarter time? We were high, 23 points behind at three 23 points behind. 23 points behind. But you know in a game where you feel like I, I, it didn't feel like a 23-point margin. Four it, goals in a granny yeah. behind a three-quarter time. Yeah, but it didn't feel like that because we were coming in the third quarter, but we were kicking points and not goals. But, mm. yeah, we were powering on, and we sensed that 
they weren't. I think we kicked nine goals something in the last quarter. It was a massive Brooke, last quarter. You've been a massive seriously typing what happened in the last quarter. Or are you doing? No, he's doing another show. He's, he's doing Dangerous Fishing Show. He's, no, he's just trying he's got to work enough. out the tide. He's just started a third podcast <laughs> at the same time. <laughs> and then 85. 85. Yeah, we just backed it up. Is that yeah. when Colin Robinson hit? I don't want No, no, that was 83. That oh, was so a, that was the first that one. That was the first one. But um, let's not talk about that because no, in, 80, that. in 85, we were we were like a, a super team mm. in 85. Smacked them. We, we absolutely smacked them. And we, were, we had an unbelievably talented team. Well, what happened in 86? 86. Um, um, can we do another all modesty aside? Yeah. I did my knee early in the year. <laughs> That's what I had. Enough said. Enough, and didn't they make the grand final? Do you need me to go on? No. 86, that was my first year, 1986. Well, that's why we didn't bump heads. Oh, that's why I had there. no recollection of you starting your career. Mm. I was in Vimy House for a long time. What, what stage of the season did you do that knee? I did it round three. Oh, no wonder yeah, they, So I missed the whole year. I no wonder the they year. didn't make the grand final. Yeah, I missed the whole year. In fact, I missed Well, you should have played in more grand finals. Yeah, we should have. 87, you didn't? No, no, I was still out injured. Um, 88, oh. you didn't? <laughs> 88, what did we do 88? Uh, we were coming back in 88. Uh, you guys, what happened? In, you, we were in there. You were in the grand final? Yes. In 88, is that the year you played Hawthorne in the grand yeah, final? Yeah, we got donkey. Oh, they smashed you too. Smashed us in the In fact, I think they beat you by more than they beat us. Points. Yeah, so you've now got the record. No, no. Has that, that been surpassed? <laughs> Who's got the record now? Port Adelaide got absolutely slaughtered ah, by 100 too. and something uh, by Geelong. That's not a record you want. No, that wasn't one. But uh, you know what? And Bucks was asking me, no one talks about our grand final because we did get smashed and the Hawthorne team were – that 88 Hawthorne team was like a North Australian team, mm. and which was fair enough. But we we had to win the last game, Bucks asked me this yesterday, to get into the finals. That's where we were at. In 88, yeah. Yeah, so we, we won and then we beat, you know, West Coast in the last kick of the day. Everyone went, oh, that's mm. good, they won a final. Then we beat Collingwood at the MCG. Oh, that's unreal. Then we played Carlton, who'd won the pre- flag in 87, who mm. just – it was always going to be Hawthorne-Carlton grand final again, and we won. So – and I said, he said, are you disappointed with the grand final? I said, well, of course I am because we want to be more competitive, but n- not to the point where it consumes me because I reckon we could play it 100 times and we'd still lose. Yeah, yeah. And that, that is – it's a very interesting passage that you took there because that was sort of similar to us in 83. Not – we finished um, – we had to play every week to make the grand mm. final. So every week was like this – unbelievable occasion, you know, we kept winning and winning and then by the time we got into the grand final in 83, not that we felt that we were spent, mm. but it was like, it, it, it was more about the excitement that we'd made a grand final as opposed to the hard edge yeah. that we were going to win the grand final. Right. And we were like lambs to the slaughter. Like, I, you know, that first time you go out onto the MCG on grand final day, because it is so different than any other time you've been out on the on the ground. There's so much more going around. Like, it, it, it was hard not to get caught up in, oh, look at that going on over there, and this is going on over there, and, you know, they're setting up the pregame entertainment <laughs> over there, and there's all these balloons and things like that. And, you know, one of the things I really still remember about the pregame, though, is we used to be in the old rooms at the MCG. The old It was Melbourne old rooms alongside Richmond old rooms. We were in Richmond old rooms, right? So all the red and black, uh, yellow and black is on the walls and that type of thing. And we're lying down. I remember doing a hamstring stretch, right? So I've got whoever it was that was stretching my hammy. So I'm lying on my back and they're stretching my hammy. 
And the property steward, I can remember him bumping into whoever it was that was stretching my hamstring, and he's got this <laughs> great big crate full of champagne. And I'm thinking, that's, a, that's like, it's Touch a word. It's, <laughs> I thought you were going to say he bumped into the bike stretching the hamstring and you had a little twinge. <laughs> No, I'm going to change the story. <laughs> so the person stretching my hamstring got bumped, and that overstretched my hamstring. So by the time I got out there, I'd done – I had a medium-grade – Champagne-induced hamstring <laughs> That was soaked in hamstring. And the cork blew off one of the champagne bottles, and that spilled all over me, got in my eye. Yeah, I couldn't actually – Poke eye. I couldn't see the ball in the first half. Oh, God. Now I've got an excuse as to why I didn't get a touch in the 1983 grand final. Um, all modesty aside, because yep. I know you want to ask me about how I went in 88, yep. I kicked 40% of our goals. Right. How many was that? Two. <laughs> <laughs> Take me through the first one. No, we got... Did you kick one in the first quarter? Mash. No. Did you kick one in the second quarter? I think I kicked both in the third quarter. Right. I would, if if I can give you some advice yeah. and you want that story to stand up and sound a little bit better, mm. get your two goals earlier in the game because well, I'm so, well, I'm thinking by the time you kicked your goals in the third quarter, you're probably about 100 points behind. <laughs> well, I don't know. I've never watched it. That was the first grand final I'd ever been to. I've never watched it either. Did, it was your first one you played in the first one you went to? Uh, no, no. I was there. I was there. The first one I went to was the 1977 drawn grand final oh, between yeah. North Melbourne was, and Collingwood. I looked at that, that today because I'm going to have a chat about just a couple of minutes about Ron Barassi for one of the lunches on Friday. So um, they asked me to say a few words. Mm. So I've been doing a bit, you know, I know Ron's story really well, but, you know, with him passing away, re-familiarised myself. And the 77 grand final loomed large in my, mm. so large in my consciousness as okay. a young 12-year-old kid. Okay, close your eyes. What are the things that you remember about – I want you. I want the three things you remember most about that game. Snake Baker. That snap. Second? Ron Brassie's suit and shirt, the big wide lapel. Yep, and third? Heard. What was your third? The drawn one was Twiggy Dunn's torpedo punt. Okay. My only different one to you is Arnie Brightus was fantastic oh, in that was, game, but yeah. couldn't couldn't hit the side of a barn with a handful in of wheat. Replay or the no the first, the first one. one, yeah, the first yeah. one, yeah. I think he kicked uh, one goal five or oh. something like that. He was spraying them all over the place. But what a what a is there anybody that reminds you of Snake Baker because he was a captivating sort of a player. The way you know, he, I I think he I think he probably I think he probably drained a full. That of Cobram gallon. Estate olive oil <laughs> before the game and rubbed it on himself. He had massive guns. Oh, he did, but he glistened in the sun. It was a sunny day that day too. Well, I don't know why, because my cousins were great uh, Hawthorne supporters, and they knew more about VFL footy at that stage than I did. And they used to call him Snake. And they always used to when we have kick at the kick in the park, they say kick at the snake, <laughs> Snake Baker. <laughs> <laughs> and he was taking hangers because. They they also had a great rivalry seventy eight against Hawthorne, who I mm. barracked for, you know, passionately. And uh, oh, he caused all sorts of problems for. He was a great finals David player. David O'Halloran. He was a great rubber. Yeah, yeah, rubber. He was a great finals player. Yeah, that's what he was. Just yeah, to jag him. Yeah, he was. He was great. Um, and so they they um, that great that game was drawn. So that that Twiggy that Twiggy done just. Just recapture that Twiggy Dunn goal because he wasn't – he was a fair way out. No, nah, he was 30 metres out directly in front and I think this okay. was the one to draw the game. So imagine the pressure. Go behind, yeah. Yeah, so six points. He mm. takes this great pack mark 
He's directly in front, 30 metres out. Like, it's a little drop. I'd kick. say 35. Well, yeah. we'll get it up, Brooke, so we can have a look. <laughs> he goes back and kicks a 70-metre torp straight through the middle. He didn't try and just nurse it through the goals, did <laughs> he? He smacked it, it into the It was a full-blooded torp that just took off. He whacked it into the top <laughs> tier. And you, at the moment, at the time, he didn't blink. You know, he just said, oh, that's a good kick. Yeah. Jeez, he had to flush it. Go back. I, just, just so we're, we're doing this so that we're actually watching this. And just watch his reaction after he kicks the goal, right? Oh, this is the mark, first of all, I think. No, this, that's the goal. He's the long... No, 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 this is the mark. There he is. Oh, okay, there's, there's the mark. There's Twiggy yeah. mark. Look how close he is to the goals, Wisp. No, he's much closer than I thought, yeah. 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 And he goes back. He's got the big mop here. Yep. In fact, he's nearly in the goal square. <laughs> you watch him hit this torpedo. He flushes that right yep. through the But watch his reaction, right? So that's leveled the score. Yeah, none. None. No reaction whatsoever. In fact, not one player went to him and no, patted no, him on no the one, back. No, they've just he's leveled the scores in the last quarter of a grand final and he's just trotted off <laughs> so he was is, kicking a goal at training. That is so funny. So that they are amongst my earliest memories of grand finals. Yep. And then um so then they you went through the late seventies and Carlton mm-hmm. and Collingwood had that one the Harms you know yep. whacking it in from the boundary so that was also and then KB kicking seven in a granny that yes. was unbelievable yeah the hair the the the, the uh, Stan Magro hair just chasing him flip up in the air My, the best thing about Fox Footy is that this time of year they all get replayed so you can remind yourself about all mm. these great – and then, yeah, your era with Hawthorne and Essendon and their great rivalry because for a while there it was just – Hawthorne played in every grand final. It was just whether they mm. played Essendon and mm. then they played Carlton and um, they were so damn good. So Dermot, Dermot kick a nine against the Cats in that um, – uh, no, so Gary Ablett kicked nine. nine. Dermot kicked eight against you. Against us, yeah, yeah. yeah. That, that that is an unbelievable losing grand final. performance though from somebody too. Yeah, we couldn't find a matchup for him. I think Crazy. he. I think he had well, he maybe four or five players. Um, all, all modesty aside, no, I was busy up the other end, <laughs> winning the game for the bombers. I tell you, oh, here's another. Yeah. I'll give you another footy memory. Mm-hmm. Grand final day, Peter Landy. What's what is the first thing you think of? I think of uh, the kid trying to, <laughs> and him telling piss off pickle. <laughs> Peter Landy's trying to do... He kicked the kid. Yeah, he's trying to stand up on the boundary and the cheer squad and all the kids with their balloons. Remember the balloons? The balloons. Someone's yeah. hassling him, so he's just gone bang, <laughs> boot him up the ass. Get out. And he would have said piss off pickle too. <laughs> oh, the things you, uh, the my, things you remember. Helen you know, D'Amico. Yeah, I worked with Peter Landy. I know this is going down another rabbit hole, but I worked with him when I first got to Channel 7. Do you, you know he was friends with my mum when they were kids? Mm, way, no, way, I'm, way back. He was a very much a ladies' man. <laughs> no, no, don't you? Him and Bev ever trick? <laughs> no. You sure? Well, no. I'm not. Have you ever asked Bev? No, not directly. I should. You should. When I'm talking kids, I'm talking little, little kids. All right. Yeah. Would Joe know more than you <laughs> no, no, or Tracy? No, probably not. <laughs> Does Pants know about this? Oh. <laughs> oh, no. I work with him at Channel Seven. Now they kind of thinking, I look a bit. Like <laughs> He did. He did have. <laughs> he had the he, he's got pube he, of hair as well. Mystical. He had he had wavy hair that he used to sort of. That's right. He did. Too. Uh, anyway, yeah. um, so when I started working with him at Channel Seven, uh, he was still working in the sports department there, and um, he had he used to bring some lamingtons to work, right? And yes. he used to keep them in his top drawer, and I was just sort of like a desk or two away, and I could hear. 
I could hear the paper, the rustling of the paper. But what he would do, he'd open the top drawer and he'd go down to the lamington. He wouldn't bring the lamington out of the drawer. You want to share him? (laughs) So he'd go down, he'd go down, you'd hear the rustling of the paper. You'd hear the drawer just sort of sliding out. And then you'd see his head disappear down into the drawer and he'd come up. And they were the lamington that had the coconut on the outside. And he'd just have a little bit of coconut on his, on his chin, I which was the telltale sign. I don't understand why he wouldn't just eat the lamington out. And what was it? Was it a um, some sort of crime to have a lamington in the Channel 7 newsroom, was it? No, but if you took out the packet, what are you going to have to do? Well, you have to give everyone one. Exactly. He didn't want to do that. <laughs> All right, and then most recent, what's the one that sticks out? And we, how long have we been going, Brooke? Because, you know, we don't want to outstay our welcome. 45 minutes. Oh, crikey. Jeez, that's enough. A long time. Don't get All right, see you next week. <laughs> the most recent grand final, that Collingwood grand final, where uh, the, the Dom Sheen grand final. Yeah. Is the most dramatic of recent times, is it not? Of recent times? Oh, crikey. We've got, we got a recency bias when we recall I know, things. I know that. Um. Yeah, I can't a, remember a better one. Has there been a closer one since then? Brooke might know. The Western Bulldogs, that was that was an unbelievable fight. That was, well. that was yeah. For me, that was sort of probably the, one of the most extraordinary performances of a team during that last sort of mm. six weeks maybe. Yeah, the, yeah, probably the last six weeks, the way they went yeah. about that. But you're right, that dr- the drama on that day, that Collingwood – West Coast game, and you thought, you know, the way that Collingwood started that grand final too. Like Stevenson was gone, yeah. You know, I think he kicked two goals yep. early, and they looked like they're going to play all over the West Coast. And you're sitting there thinking, well, it's going to be one of those days. You know, going to mm. be a long four quarters of football. This is not going to be entertaining enough. And then it sort of turned into a real contest, and then it kept going and going. And then you think at the in the last quarter, I think it was the goey that broke from the centre and kicked the goal, and you thought, okay, Collingwood are home here. They'll get on a roll, and the Eagles came back, and then they kicked that unbelievable goal on the battery. When Dom Sheed took that mark, <clears throat> I had got because I was caught. I'm commentating this. I'm getting to the stage. I didn't care honestly. I couldn't care who win, but I was that anxious about the whole, how much was riding on it, mm. you know. So all I did was watch Dom Shea. I didn't watch the ball as soon as it left his boot. I didn't watch where it went. I didn't watch anything else. I just watched him. And to see him sort of watch it and then get animated. The delayed reaction. One of the most amazing things in my watching of footy. Did you think, having watched it like that, <laughs> did you think as it came off the boot that, it was going to be a goal from the moment he struck it. I didn't watch the ball. I didn't know. I didn't have right. no idea. I okay. just watched him, and then his face lit up. And then the, if you watch it back again, the people behind him. Mm. There's a Collingwood supporters who are abusive, mm. and and the, but there's one Collingwood. There's one bloke or lady. I can't remember bloke. I think it was. who basically just said, yeah, just not, <laughs> just put his hands up and said, too good. Yep. Too good. Can't and that was it. Um, winning flags, here we go. This is the whole process. This is from Brooke off the top of his head. Right. <laughs> McGovern Mark, back pocket, kicks to Vardy. Ryan has to take a hanger to yep. keep to advance the ball. Yep. All right. She takes the mark and then he's got to kick it from the pocket. You, our man, Brooke, who knows everything about football, says it's a 1% that that could come off in the manner that it did. Ever again? Well, just yeah, all those things had to go right yeah. to get it right. Yeah. But there was a free kick that could have been paid to Shepherding, Maynard. Shepherding, yeah. 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 In, um, the but there's always Ryan, a, I reckon. There's always, you know, in a game that's decided by so few points, there's always going to be if, buts, and maybes. Yep. 
And the reason that these are so big, and we'll, we'll move off it, but it is grand final week, is that, that what I experienced in 2021 just confirmed every single thought I had about grand finals. Having not played in one yeah. or won one, having not seen my team win one, having thinking at times that I'm never going to go through life without ever seeing one, and enviously, enviously, enviously looking on to everyone else, the feeling that it transpired as a result of 2021 confirmed every single suspicion I had about how good it is. Mm. That's why you get excited this time of year. Yeah, you do. You're listening to The Rabbit Hole with Gary Lyon and Tim Watson for tyre power. Big footy final sale now on. Getting to your local independently owned tyre power today. Welcome back to the podcast. Great to have you with us for Cobram Estate, Australia's most awarded extra virgin olive oil, grown, harvested and first cold-pressed in northern Victoria, four to six hours from the tree, the bottle whispers. Cobram Estate Premium Australian Extra Virgin Olive Oil. You said you've been doing a little bit of cooking on the weekend or uh, I found this, recently. Yeah, I found a great recipe in uh, one of the weekend magazines. You know, sometimes you're just sort of flicking through and you think, I oh, do. God, I love that. I do. See, I always like, I always like a picture to accompany the dish. So if I find a cooking book and it doesn't have a picture, oh, I'm a visual person. Yes. So I need to see that mm. I'm going to like it before yeah. I cook it, right? Yeah. It was like a – you, have you ever had a seafood boulevaise? Boulevaise. A boulevaise. That's like a seafood stew. Yes, yes, yeah. Tomato, this is a – Yeah, it's almost like a, a soup with seafood mm. in it, but this was a little bit thicker mm. than that. It was sort of – it was um, it was Sicilian. A Sicilian seafood dish. Olives? Some olives in there. Nice. Yep. Some black olives. Cobram Estate. Cobram, started with the Cobram Estate. <coughs> onion, sort of heavily sliced onion, and then some cinnamon, and then some spice, and then yeah, a little bit of garlic um, cooked off with the onion in the first place. Nice. And then some salt. What sort of pan? A little sort of ta- Like a- Heavy? A big heavy pan, mm. yeah, with a nice- uh, Ceramic? Solid uh, bottom, yes. No, not a ceramic. No, no stainless. Stainless. Yes, yeah, st- steel, a steel one. Yeah, mm-hmm. uh, and then you sort of bubble that. You cook the you cook the tomato sauce. I, I, I sweat. You, well, you can sweat it if you like, and then you cook all that. You make it. Uh, you thicken that up a little bit. What with? Um, no, you thicken it through the cooking. So oh. yeah, it just passata. You can add a little bit of that if you like, and then you go to your special seafood man at the South Melbourne market, and you uh, the offcuts because the good stuff's already been picked. Well, up. the other stuff's already gone to the Lyon family and the Brownless family. You get what's left over, and then you can put if you want it. You can put a little bit. What do you put in? Calama- I like the uh, the king prawns. Whiskers. I, just, I trim the whisker just a touch. I don't like a long whisker on the king prawn, <laughs> so I have a, a king prawn. <laughs> And some scallops. I like yes. to put a scallop a in scallop there. A scallop or a scallop? Both. Sounding like an American. <laughs> I like eh? to put a scallop. A scallop. Put a scallop in there. <laughs> and some- Calamari. Yeah, a little bit of calamari. But- this, and this, Rubbery. This is- Yeah, Bobby. And this is, the, this is the secret to it all. You've just got to make sure that you combine the seafood at the right time because now it? you're mm. cooking it in the tomato boulevards, right? And Spot you've got to be on. very, very gentle- and particular about what goes in before. It's if you what, overcook, it goes mm, rubbery. Exactly. So then I bought Thank a couple. You very of, much. A couple. Of, <laughs> I'll just keep going. <laughs> yeah. What else? <laughs> Fish and, and some salmon. Oh, so, salmon. So you dice salmon. you dice that up as you can put in. Interesting. Well, cool. you can put in whatever you like. Chunky. And you gotta have a good chunky. A good fight. chunky fish that's going to hold together and is not going to break down. So you don't want to go with your light fish. No. You want to go with your heavier sort yeah. of fish. You know, yeah. nice, nice perch. Yep. Yeah. Uh, well, yeah, good. 
and then you dice all that up and then you just cook that until the, you think the fish is done and then you serve that and then you chili? go and buy yourself a little bit. You can put some chili curry powder. powder. No, no curry, just a little bit of chili. But you can then get yourself a nice baguette. Now, you know the bread club, which is just around the corner from my joint. I think it's got the best baguette in You've Melbourne. Got to back off the bread a bit. Well, I don't have a lot of bread, but when I do, I go to the bread club. And then you sort of get and you break Ew. that off and then you get a bowl and you Yum. dip that into the sauce. I put you, a bit of olive oil on that bread. And too. then a bit more, a little bit a more olive oil. A estate. bit of more cold bread. Oh, that olive sounds oil. nice. Do you like that? Love that. How long does that last? Uh, oh, and the other thing you do, finally on serving, you get some uh, flat leaf uh, parsley. No. Chop that up and a little bit of green ruin on top. It, no, ruin it. No, ruin it. I love it. Love it. Right up until then, that is a winner. Well, you can leave that out if you don't like it. Not the curly, not the curly can, stuff. Not the curly parsley. The whiskers. No, not the curly stuff. The flat leaf parsley. Right. Yeah. If I was going to add anything, what would it be? I like a hint of curry powder. Just lifts. No, it doesn't need that. You can add it, but it, I don't think. I didn't it ask you. I oh, know you didn't. I, don't, I thought you might have put. A, I, I thought you were going to put like a clove. clam. I thought you might have been putting a clam in there. Did you put a clove in there. Mm. A bearded clam. You got to get. No, no, I don't. Get a, do you get the, a muscle? You could put a muscle you in there. You got to really clean those. Yes, clams. I know. I know. But you, you know that. You could put. Do you know how to? I don't know how to. I don't know. I'm not a. I'm not a clam cleaner. Right. Well, if you, all I'm saying, if you if you're going to cook with clams, be very careful. Why is that? Well, you want to make sure they're not opened. No, well, that's right. So then you're cleaning the beard off them. Yes. And then you put them in. Right. But if, but if you, when you're cleaning them, they're open a bit. Right. What do, you, what do you do with the beard? The, you use cl- that a fla- you can you use that as you a Use flat it like or? a brush, like a, right. like a real you know, short sort of- You got a clam brush in it. <laughs> yeah. <Where do> you- <laughs> I haven't got I've one of those. I've a clam brush to get the beard off so you can get all the dirty grit off and everything like that. Give them a nice, good clean, and then chuck them in, and then they'll open up. Okay, so if they muscles, you, you don't serve muscles them. and clams. Yeah, muscles and clams. Yeah, yeah. Yep. Anyway, you can do all that. Mm. It, it, what it, do you call this? The wisps bullet base. Yes, that's exactly <laughs> what I call it. <laughs> right, for want of a better name. Let's do it because we're going over time. Yeah, what's the got, farm I've got stuff? a grand final events. Okay. I've got to get to. Okay, you've got let's the farming. Go to the farming, tip farming you, It's you this week. It's time to talk farming for Kubota. For over 40 years, Kubota's been making tomorrow matter, shaping and building Australia together. Great to have Kubota on board. I love uh, the farming tip, and thank you, <coughs> excuse me, to all excuse the farmers that have um, that, that tune in and give me good feedback because um, they learn. They learn a lot. I had a farmer. We talked about um, technology and farming, yes. and we we mused about whether or not there was a robot. In the um, milking shed, yes, mm. and there is right one, one of my good farming contacts, right, said that he has seen somebody's business. Who he's seen a robotic milking setup, which right. I wasn't aware of. Now, I wonder if Mitch Wallace in who the, of the Wallace family who have started this drone business in the agriculture, but they played in the grand final on the weekend, so I didn't want to interrupt, I didn't want to sort of impose upon him, right? They lost, unfortunately. So, somebody already doing drone farming? Well, the drones allowed farms to quickly survey, map their fields, detect problematic areas before the problem becomes too big. And the use of drones in agricultural in agriculture presents gains to the farmer, including mm. cutting agricultural costs, boosting efficiency, improving productivity, eases field monitoring, saves time, and enhances accurate managerial decisions. I think we said most of that last week, didn't we? Yes. But I wanted to get. I wanted to become a bit more up to speed with it. 
you survey stuff, you monitor your crops, mm. you spray pesticides, you can take imagery, imagery and ex- assess crop health and more. Anything there about the drone sheepdog? <laughs> no. No. But that- so we can still put a patent on that. You're suggesting that you can use a drone with a dog bark in it yes. to round up your cattle. Yes. I think you could do that. But I, I, in all honest, in no, all no. seriousness, I don't think there's a reason why you couldn't do that. Mm. In fact, I'd be surprised if somebody hasn't already done that. Yeah. So anyway, um, I, w- I was hoping to have a first-hand drone operator mm. to discuss. So a little lighter on, mm. a bit light on, on our farming tip today. Well, I was going to add to that um, the weather and the weather apps and things that are available because that's very important to your farming. You need to know, you know, what the weather conditions are going to be down the track. And uh, my grandfather Ted, he used to run the whale silos just outside of Dimboola. The what? And he didn't have a weather app back in those days. You know what he used to do? Itchy Nari. <laughs> <laughs> and that that would mean rain or something like that. Was something like that or not? No? No, something more sophisticated. A lot of the farmers get that. They I get know, it down I, their left knuckle. They'll get I know, you know, their I know, arthritis plays up and they go, oh, there's some rain coming. Me, I know. Pinky's starting to play up. You're right. You're right. No, but he, what he would do, he'd look outside, look up at the sky. But clouds. If he saw a wispy cloud coming over, he might think that something was on the go. And Brian, my neighbour at the weekend, told me another tip because he said that, you know, if you see um, echidnas on the roadside and, and they start to – no, don't run them over because you'll punch your tyre. But if if you well, and you'd kill the kid, no. <laughs> but he said if you see them burrowing and things yeah. like that, rain on the way. But that's not that doesn't make Mother sense. Mother Nature, who told you that, Brian? Well, that doesn't make sense. Why? Well, have you ever walked up to an echidna? Yeah, they all burrow to get away from you. It's a it's a defence mechanism. Yeah, but you this, don't know his echidnas. This is when they don't see you coming. Well, you're spying on them. Yeah, Brando he tackled an echidna. Only once. Yeah, I know. He, he looked like... He... <laughs> <laughs> Only once, I'll bet you, if he's got a few brains. <laughs> he looked like... What's his name? What was it? Gunston? What was his name? Jack Gunston. No, Gunston. Yeah, that used to have all the nicks over his face, the comedian. What was Norman. He? No, he looked like Norman Gunston. Actually, I was watching up. the... He had wild... spikes all over his face. Well, that's funny because the wild Alaskan frontier had a... One of their cattle at a porcupine, their quills come out yeah. and they hook in uh-huh. and you can't get them out mm. because once they're hooked, you, you, it's a very big process. No, he was trying to roll him over. Brando was trying to roll the porcupine the, over. Echidna, the echidna, echidna, not the echidna, the echidna over and try and, I think he, all he was trying to do was tickle his tummy. But he, <laughs> or eating. <laughs> yes. The echidna rolled into a ball and he couldn't find any soft spots. This echidna got into my shed, right? mm and I'm, I was going in the shed, and I'm hearing this rustling noise, and, mm. I, and I'm thinking snake. I'm, I'm panicked. Yeah. So I go over, and I just right in the corner of the shed, I see this the quills of the echidna. I said, it's a bloody echidna, right? Yeah. I could not get it out. Every time I, I put something in there to hook it out, the echidna would just sort of burrow in mm. harder. Mm. And in the end, it just trapped itself in there. I had to get the RSPCA out, and they took the where the shed – Joined, they had to take the you know the well, the whole timber. What do you call out. the flushing of the you know how the, yeah the flashing the, the flashing had yeah. to undo all that and pull the shed apart to get the kidney out. Right, and then what did they do with it? Well, they released it. Right, because we've got a couple. I've seen a lot of echidnas on our property. Yeah, have you got koalas up in your trees? No, I haven't no. seen any koalas. No. Right, okay. Ears? No, no koalas. Koala ears. Yeah, yeah. No, no. have you? 
No, I don't think so. Not at Glen Maggie. Not, not, but no, there's no koalas down there. I don't you, see you, only have, you have no wildlife down there. Oh, wildlife. Got wildlife got coming out of our ears. What else have you got? Got everything. Not as much as me. We've got deer, echidna, no, yeah, got deer. wallaby, bush wallaby, have you ever seen a deer? kangaroo. See deer all the time. Kangaroo. You haven't got kangaroo. Wombat. You haven't got bush Rabbit. Wombat. We've got the most beautiful foxes that I have ever seen. They are absolutely stunning. <laughs> They've got the best fox tails I have ever seen on a fox. Mm. I don't. I think you think you've got all them. I'm not. I'm sure you've ever seen all. Well, I've made. I, I am thinking of making. What one sort of, of the, deer? I'm White of, tail. I'm thinking of making one of the fox tails into a hat. What sort of deer have you got? <laughs> They're expensive. What sort? You say you made that up. You haven't got any deer. We've got the um the um what are they the um. What yeah, I'm asking you. Yeah, the yam. But what are they called? The I don't uh, know. I haven't got any deer. Well, they're the common deer. Mm, the makeup. You can't even tell me what sort of deer it is. Uh, that's in the. Uh, that has been the uh, farming tip. Uh, more information on that next week, a little bit light on, but uh, thankfully the weather, the uh, weather advice from Tim was very, very well received. Uh, that might do us, Whispers. We've got to get into the uh, week. It's a, it's grand final week. We're, Are we we're, doing another pod next week? Is that our last one next week? We'll have to before you go away on your big, long, Maybe. extended trip. So we'll have our finale next week. I might do a next pod. Week. I might do a- uh, A travel pod. A wisp Travel pod while I'm away. That would be, I would listen to that. <laughs> you and Susie. <laughs> or just put your phone on record <laughs> when, you, when you pick up that hire car for the first hour. <laughs> that would be great. Uh, enjoy grand final weekend, everyone. If your team is in it, Collingwood or Brisbane, uh, good luck. Otherwise, if you're just a um, impartial, enjoy the whole festivities. It is a great occasion. This has been the rabbit hole for tyre power. Big footy finals sale. Into the Vegas competition by Fortoyo. Open country tyres. This has been the rabbit hole with Gary Lyon and Tim Watson for tyre power. Big footy final sale now on. Get into your local independently owned tyre power today. Tune in to 1116 SEN each Tuesday, Wednesday and Thursday from 6 till 9am to hear SEN Breakfast with Gary and Tim.